0: Good morning. As you may have noticed, we are doing something a little bit different today. Alex and I have been co teaching through our 2022 Vision Series. And during this series, we've been looking through the lens of our kingdom values and asking the question what does God want to do? In this church community in 2022. So if you weren't with us last week, we kicked off our vision series with our kingdom value of intentional formation. And we specifically asked what would it look like for us to become a people of prayer in 2022. This week, we're continuing in our vision series with our kingdom value of holistic justice. But before we start, I want to take a moment to anchor us once again in the vision of Midtown Church. Midtown Church exists to renew the reputation of the local church by revealing the kingdom of Jesus in Kansas City. That's not to say that Midtown Church has some secret sauce or that we're better than other churches, but rather it is to say or to acknowledge that we live in a postmodern, post-Christian city in which the church has very much become a relic, something that actually keeps progress from happening. And so for us, it's to say, what would it look like for us to renew the reputation of the local church in people's hearts and lives by truly revealing who Jesus is? What would it be or what would it look like to be the church that Jesus Christ intended to truly reveal him in Kansas City? And to answer that question, we go to the scriptures. We find our answer, well, we find it throughout scripture, but specifically today, we find our answer in Acts 2, verses 42 through 47. And this is really where we anchor our kingdom values as a church. Last week, we focused on the first part of that passage, 42 and 43, as we explained intentional formation and talked about our desire to be people of prayer this year. And then now, today, we're focusing on holistic justice by picking up in verses 44 and 45. It says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had in need. As we outline our goals for 2022 through the lens of our kingdom value, holistic justice, we wanna ask the question, how do, can we become an interruptible people? So just a little preview previous to what we're talking about today, we're going to discuss justice within the context of the 21st century. Right. What does that look like in America today? Then we're going to define what biblical justice looks like, because to a certain extent, it's very different than some of our worldly definitions. And then lastly, we're going to discuss how we become an interruptible people in twenty twenty two.
1: Yeah, when we began laying out and sharing our kingdom values for the church, I remember Brad asking this question. He said, what does justice mean? It's a simple question, but what Brad was pointing out is the unique challenge with using the word. It's whose definition of justice. We're in this moment in which using a term like justice or advocacy or equity is just good branding. Which one of our favorite brands hasn't made a statement condemning something or advocating for something? There is a massive outcry for justice from all parties, but there is nothing resembling a cultural consensus on what this means. And so the question still remains, what definition of justice are we using? The reality is that behind that question, what definition of justice or what is justice comes a whole host of philosophical questions that must be considered and answered. For instance, what does it mean to be human? What is the purpose of humanity? What is defined as good? What is defined as bad? And on what basis are we making any of these determinations? If you don't think through those questions first and foremost, arriving at some kind of definition of justice is almost impossible. And so briefly, we want to sketch out four visions of justice that compete within the public sphere and in our cultural consciousness. Much of this comes from an article Tim Keller wrote called A Biblical Critique of Secular Justice and Critical Theory, and as I go through each theory, I am going to offer a wildly inadequate summary of each. Um, For each vision, there are hundreds if not thousands of brilliant thinkers debating each philosophy and advocating for it. But within the time frame, there's just not simply enough time to get into all of it. And so we think that nevertheless, even though it's an inadequate summary, it is still helpful in defining the Christian understanding of justice by describing what it is not. Um, The first one is justice as individual freedom, um, which comes from kind of the libertarian philosophy. This is to say that the greatest good is the most people having the most individual freedoms, such as freedom of speech, freedom of property, and the ability to gather. This vision is fiercely individualistic, believing that each person belongs only to him or herself and is free from government interference, oppressive legislation, and communal obligations. Therefore, justice as individual freedom quickly becomes more about what I am free from than free to do. The second vision is justice as fairness coming from the liberal philosophy. This vision of justice as fairness works towards a society in which race, gender, sexual orientation, religion, or social status should not impact your ability to thrive. The emphasis is placed on individual equality and thus has a high respect for an individual's beliefs and truths. This vision's understanding of care for poor and human rights is based on a Judeo-Christian foundation, but it quickly departs from this foundation as it emphasizes that each person is entitled to the freedom to do what is good in their own eyes. Each person is allowed the freedom to determine what is the good, what is your good. The challenge of justice is fairness becomes who gets to decide what is good or what is fair. A company like Amazon allows Each of us to purchase products very cheaply and very conveniently, but as Amazon has also been known to exploit small businesses through its platform, the challenge of the justice as fairness becomes what are we making fair? Should we make it fair for the small business? Is it better for the consumer? How do we decide? what fairness is and while the vision of fairness sounds great it lacks a compelling reason for anyone to sacrifice for another why should i give up my cheap and convenient goods for the sake of someone i don't know the third vision is justice as happiness or the utilitarian vision justice as happiness says that whatever makes the most people happy is therefore just Typically, this vision suggests that you can do anything to make yourself happy so long as it doesn't harm another. However, even with the guardrail of what's called the harm principle, utilitarianism is a slippery slope towards a dangerous mom. On the basis of majority happiness, it could be argued that Japanese Americans were rightfully placed in internment camps due to fear and majority consensus at the time. This vision of justice as happiness has no power in convincing the majority to do anything that is uncomfortable. And then the fourth vision um, is justice as deconstructing power, or the postmodern vision. This is by far the most hotly contested and most misunderstood vision. Um, Postmodernism is often categorized with theories like critical race theory, deconstructionism, poststructural theory, etc. Now, because this is the theory that is at the forefront of our public discourse, I want to emphasize, like the others, that this is an incredibly complex and diverse philosophy. So let's quickly diffuse the talk radio and the Facebook rants on this. I am not making a public statement or a political statement on the inclusion of critical race theory in curriculums. Rather, I'd like us to have an understanding of postmodern thought. In general terms critical theory is focused on justice as deconstructing power. This vision considers power dynamics in society, religion, and culture, and asks the hard questions, why are things the way that they are? While it can be a helpful tool, postmodernism becomes a problematic ideology when it becomes the only ideology. One can only deconstruct so far before there is nothing left to pull apart. Postmodern theory is not a true vision of justice because it just simply doesn't offer anything beyond exposing and critiquing injustice. And to be clear, any of these philosophies or theories that become the ideology is a problem. And although these visions of justice are incomplete, that does not mean we set ourselves against them rather we as the church have an opportunity to engage with justice initiatives and to demonstrate the spaces and the places where our God is at work
0: yeah so the big idea here really is all of these visions have hints or suggestions that point towards the way of Jesus but they ultimately all fall short of God's vision for justice We can't, though, simply wag our fingers at the world and say, your justice falls short of my Jesus. Similarly, we have to take a critical look at our own actions and the church and ask the question, how have we fallen short just as the world has? Within the church, justice is often relegated to the Department of Community Care, right? Or uh, the Benevolence People, Okay, that's what the pastors do or pastor so-and-so does, the pastor of community care. But our Christian brother or sister, if they're struggling financially, we'll make sure that they get the help that they need, but it may not be me, right? I'll just call up so-and-so that knows how to deal with those situations really well. Maybe you find out someone's in the hospital, right? Instead of visiting them, we call up the pastor that's in charge of hospital visits that day. It's not to say that community care is wrong, but rather within the church, many of the times we have relegated justice to just simply the Department of Community Care. Another way that we have expressed justice within our churches, or maybe have not expressed justice in our churches, is by viewing justice as an auxiliary uh, thing to the gospel or as incompatible with the gospel itself. Many of the times in our churches, justice is something that happens to the world, but surely it doesn't happen to the church, right? The gospel is seen as simply getting people saved and not necessarily the holistic well-being of the person at large. So a lot of the times when it comes to justice within the church, we either relegate it to the Department of Community Care, we view it as auxiliary or incompatible, and lastly, sometimes we tend to talk about justice without really acting on it. And this one probably hits a little closer to home for many of you. Many of the times as Christians, we post the black square on our social media pages or spend a service discussing the injustices in our world, but we don't actively work towards the good of our city. Our social media may show we care, But our behaviors and our schedules reveal our apathy or our true lack of care. So if the world's understanding of justice is incomplete, and if the church's outworking of justice has at times been flawed, what does true biblical justice look like?
1: Yeah, it is our conviction that justice in the scripture is about becoming a particular kind of community. Remember how Luke describes that first church. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Whatever needs arose among that first congregation That need was met through the sacrifice of other believers. Christian justice is following the self-sacrificial way of Jesus and choosing to be the answer to someone else's prayer. David French describes it this way. Christian justice is learning to live out what God has done in Christ amongst ourselves first. And in living out this justice in this community it becomes possible to share this justice with the world. This is to say, justice is the shape of Christian community. Justice is treating all people with equality, dignity, and respect because they are made in the image of God. Justice is advocating for the poor, the marginalized, and the vulnerable. Justice is voluntarily offering up our financial resources for the sake of others. Justice is considering the impact of our economic habits. Justice is sacrificing our privilege and power to lift up one another. Justice is critiquing racial inequality within this space, within the church walls, and working towards equality and equity in our city. Justice is stewarding creation and working towards a new future. Justice is not captive to a two-party system, but informed by the teachings of our rabbi. Justice is the shape of Christian community. Justice is action, but it begins as an identity that we as the church of God learn to live out, that we are learning to become God's just people. Adam Gustein, in his book, Becoming a Just Church, writes, The pursuit of justice is first about becoming a particular kind of people in the world. If we are to see new ways of pursuing justice in the world, we must see the work of extending God's shalom into the world intertwined with becoming a just people ourselves. Stein says, justice is living out and extending God's shalom into the world. Shalom is this well known Hebrew greeting we oftentimes translate as peace. And while that is a somewhat accurate translation, a better translation is wholeness. Shalom is not just freedom from conflict, but it is a holistic well-being In the language of Jeremiah, um, to his letter to these people who have been taken captive, he's saying, we are to seek the shalom, the well-being, the wholeness of the city, for in its shalom, you will find shalom. Jeremiah's instructions are to seek the wholeness of your neighbor, and in doing so, you will discover wholeness the Garden of Eden is this visual representation of shalom. The Church of Christ is to be an oasis in the midst of the world where good flourishes. Stanley Hauerwas puts it this way, the task of the church is to serve as the best example of what God can do with human community. Um, in commercial agriculture, a good illustration of this from commercial agriculture is that there's this practice called creating a demonstration plot. This is where a particular plot of land is set aside and used for experimental purposes. A new crop might be tested, a new pesticide might be used. It's this space where something experimental can be tried out. And in many ways, the church of God is a demonstration plot. We are this experimental community where God can put on display all of the newness he wants to accomplish, all of the justice he wants to accomplish in the world, demonstrated first and foremost in the community called church. Justice for us is not an outreach strategy or simply a call to advocacy. It is the natural outworking of the gospel justice is the shape of christian community
0: you know this vision of biblical justice or justice as community or justice as shalom or justice as the garden of eating is breathtaking right it's the stuff of our dreams however the actual realities of working towards justice those don't always feel dreamlike or glamorous In fact, they often feel very inconvenient and really uncomfortable. Anyone still sore from our serve event yesterday? As fun and as meaningful as our work with Agape Pomoja is, it's not convenient to wake up early on a Saturday. It's not always fun to wash paint out of my hair. I definitely had to wash some paint out of my hair yesterday. And sometimes differences in language make conversations difficult. Last Sunday, Alex, Christina, Cade, Nate, and I were getting ready to leave church and we found out Randy's car had a flat tire. So we all waited around for a couple hours until it was fixed so that Randy didn't have to deal with it on her own. Honestly, it ended up being a lot of fun. But was it convenient? No. Just ask Randy or anyone that's had to wait for a flat tire to be fixed, right? But it was fun to go through it. Together. When Alex and I had COVID a couple weeks ago, Jack and Brianna texted us and asked if they could make and drop off a meal for us that evening. You know, I've loved watching how people in our church have dropped everything to cook and bring a meal to someone who has had surgery, COVID, or simply a rough time. What these stories remind us of is that to be people of holistic justice, we must be interruptible. Our hope and prayer in 2022 is that this church will become an interruptible people and here are three ways to really help us do that. So here's the first one, some practical ways. First one is simply prepare. And I know this may sound counterintuitive because you're like, really? We have to prepare to be interruptible? Yeah, you got to prepare to be interruptible. Um, You know, every week we pray the following prayer, the generosity prayer. And in it, there's that line that says, so help us to increase in our generosity until it can be said there is no needy person among us. We are instructed by Jesus to share our wealth and our finances with our church community just as that early church sold property and possessions to anyone who had a need. We actually have to prepare. We have to set aside our finances. We have to set aside our time and our money to become interruptible example of that as a church we set aside five hundred dollars in benevolence a month to say how can we be generous and interrupted right this month with the needs that may come up the needs that may surface In our own personal lives, Alex and I a lot of the times will buy several things uh, to make homeless kits for the winter months so that when we pull up to a stoplight, uh, we're able to take a moment to talk with a person that's on the side of the road to give them um, one of those kits and to pray with them to be interrupted on our commute. So first we have to prepare for those moments of interruption by setting aside finances by knowing that at times we're going to be late to things, right? And secondly, we have to simply create rhythms. We have to create specific times in which we force ourselves to engage with those around us who need help pursuing that holistic well-being. One of the best ways to do that is by coming to our serve days, Serve days are more than just doing something for someone, but they're actually establishing relationships with people that are different than you. It's what Jesus specifically calls us to do, right? He calls us to serve the poor and powerless. And so I would advocate, I would encourage you to plan to serve at least once a month, right? To say, I'm going to start creating rhythms of holistic justice, of pursuing the holistic well-being of those in my life by simply setting aside one Saturday every single month to serve our community, to serve our neighborhood with my church. And then lastly, we know we have to prepare, we have to create rhythms, and then we have to embrace those interruptions because they will come. We have to simply be willing to change plans, right? To have some sort of degree of flexibility in our lives. To be able to say, if I'm late, I'm late, right? It's what I like to call those Holy Spirit moments where the Holy Spirit tugs on your heart and he says, you know, come, go talk to that individual. Go meet that need. And so with that, we become interruptible people in 2022. It's our prayer and our hope that we become those people